Hello, and welcome to the Three Timbers podcast series, Life Interrupted. Today we are joined by Jeff Ryan and Joe Slaybaugh, and special guest, Joey McKernan. Welcome to Life Interrupted, Three Timbers Church Podcast, Episode 6. Episode 6 is what in Star Wars, Joe? Return of the Jedi. So we have a Jedi-like guest with us today. It is a very special day. We got two Joeys and a Jeff, and so that's amazing. So we have our good friend Joey McKernan from Abide Network. Uh, I'm Jeff, along here with Omaha's favorite son, Mr. Joe Slaybaugh, uh, and, and Joey is here with us. Joe, how are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing very, very well. Uh, I'm enjoying life. It's uh, getting to be fall. Fall is my favorite time of year. So how can you not be doing well during this season? I'm super excited to hear what we have to say with our new friend, Joey. Um, listen to what he's got to talk about from Abide. Um, really incredible stuff. Once again, most excited that we're not going to be the only ones talking that always goes better. When somebody else is talking, it always is better. Mm. So, Joey, we were just talking about life houses or lighthouses and how that works out and trying to figure out where this concept came from because Abide Network started from somewhere. And you mentioned earlier about Ron, who'd be Ron Dilso, the founder of Abide Network. Can you tell us a little bit about how Ron came into Omaha and how he came up with this concept of living with the people that you're trying to minister to? Yeah, so Ron, uh, white guy from Iowa, 20, African-American lady from D.C., meeting college, right? They get married. Uh, Ron's an engineer, so he's not in ministry. And Ron never, didn't come from the ministry background. Um, he really, you know, got this. He was going to church and just had a passion for missions. Ron will tell you that, like, he just wanted to see something happen on the mission side, right? But he also would say, you know, um, he would probably go anywhere except North Omaha. And I think there's a lot of people that might say the same thing. But funny, when you tell God no, right, God ends up putting you in the place that you say, I'll never do that. And all of a sudden, here you are. And so Ron and his family end up on... 33rd and Laramore, which was red line, the most dangerous street in Omaha as a whole. And they said, well, we're here. We might as well serve. And Ron felt the call to really have a mission start in the neighborhood. So they start living in the neighborhood. And there's a lot of um, questions in North Omaha. How do you fix North Omaha? Education, right? All this stuff, poverty, gang, all this stuff. And Ron was like, you know what? Let's just be Jesus. Let's just live out of our home, be Christ out of our home. Let's go mow some yards just because, right? Let's go hold a block party. Let's go give out free food. Let's just do the practical love. And what happened was they saw that organic grassroots love your neighbor model just completely transform that neighborhood. It completely transformed the families. There's youth getting connected to churches. There's families who are getting connected to programs and really seeing ministry happen out of the home. And so that's where the dream came from. They started by and then really launched the lighthouse program or this lighthouse concept. What would it look like if taking that model of family in a house, loving and adopting that neighborhood, becoming that hope place for the neighborhood, 
what would that look like in every block in North Omaha, all 735 of them? So that's really where the idea came from. So this amazing idea that Ron does, and we see the fruit of that now, but how did you get involved in this? Because when you were a kid, you probably didn't say, hey, I want to grow up and I want to work for a nonprofit in North Omaha with lighthouses and all of these things. Maybe you wanted to grow up and be something different. So how did God kind of interrupt your life to bring you into this ministry? Yeah, that's a great question. So it actually started with my dad. My dad's life got interrupted, which then interrupted my life. I'm 13 years old. I'm in middle school. I'm just doing what middle schoolers do, getting in trouble, doing all these things. My dad has a faith encounter. My dad was a heroin addict. He was a drug addict. Not while I was alive, he got sober, but he had experienced God. My dad was leading in corporate world, all that type of stuff. He has an interaction. He's interrupted by God. And he quits his job. He drops his VP role at this corporation. And he goes and works at the Open Door Mission. He takes a job to be the men's director down at the Open Door Mission. My dad invites me into this ministry. And I have no idea what's happening. I was only at the Open Door, you know, on like a Thanksgiving dinner type thing. Sometimes people go and volunteer. Mm -hmm. I start just hanging around my dad. And my dad actually says, you know what, Joey? I think you could like preacher i think you could do some stuff so he starts throwing me up in front of you know all the homeless guys and all the guys are part of the program and he's like hey go give a devotional at this chapel go go start getting involved so that's actually how i got my feet wet started in ministry okay so i actually was just ministering to homeless guys getting our hands dirty in that type of ministry go to college start learning about leadership like actually how to lead i had known the dotzlers through bellevue so all the dotzlers go to Bellevue West. I went to Bellevue East and my sister had actually carpooled with um, Josh's sister. It's a long story. Long story short, you know, me and my wife now, we're like, we want to get involved with the ministry that's long-term. We have been a part of planning some churches. We have been a part of some youth programming and different stuff like that, open door. But we wanted to find a place that we said, you know what, this is, this is a, we want to see a big thing happen. We want to be a part of an organization that's not afraid to dream, that's not afraid to see big things happen. So I called Josh and I said, hey, man, I'd love to be a part. He called, you know, we meet and he's like, well, we love you. Uh, we can't pay you anything, but we'd love to have you on. And I was like, <laughs> great, I'll show up. So I just started showing up and that's how we got involved and um, moved into a lighthouse soon after that meeting. And so wasn't getting paid, wasn't like anything, but I just, I felt the Holy Spirit lead us with Abide because of all the impact that was happening, the incredible transformation in North Omaha. And I, I told him, I said, man, I don't care if you can't pay me, I'm showing up tomorrow. So I showed up on the front doorstep. They just gave me some, I think I worked at the kitchen table. That was my office was the kitchen table and uh i've been there ever since so i've been here for five years and we moved into a lighthouse soon after wow that that's amazing and when you share about your dad and how god kind of interrupted it reminds me a little bit of romans eight twenty eight, and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose and god's calling on your dad's life god's calling on your life how have you seen God continuing to interrupt people through the Lighthouse ministry and the Abide ministry where God just 
gets a hold of somebody and maybe they had some difficult circumstances, but God used it for something good. No, that that's so good. And there's so many stories, like I could tell you, you know, um, so many life transformational stories, but one that comes to my mind, a young man who was, he, he still is, but he's from a very conservative Muslim family. Okay. So he is from a very conservative, you know, Muslim background, his sister. So we move into the neighborhood. Okay. So go back to my story. I move into the neighborhood. We're getting connected. One of the first kids we connect with is this kid. All right. So I'm thinking, how can we reach this kid? How can we get him involved? His sister invites me over and she says, you know, I love what you're about. I love all your stuff. But she's like, don't you dare try to steal him like from us essentially. And I was like, look, (laughs) I'm not here to steal anybody. I'm just loving people. We're hanging out, right? Just being Jesus. We have a basketball program, right? And the thing about our basketball program is it's, it's Jesus oriented, but it's basketball, it's sports. It talks the language of everyone, right? And I said, look, can he come to youth group? She said, absolutely not. I said, well, and I'm sitting on their floor in their house and it's very different culture, right? And I'm just hanging out with them talking. I said, well, can he come to this event at the church? And she said, absolutely not. (laughs) But then I said, well, could he come to basketball? And she was like, hmm, sure. He can go to basketball with you. So what's awesome is we start connecting him to basketball. He starts becoming what we call a junior coach. He starts investing in young little kids in the community. And we build this relationship where he starts praying in Jesus's name. And we start having faith conversations. We start having conversations about all this faith. And it's amazing. And I've talked with this brother who's also very devout Muslim. And this family, like if you had a traditional church model, right? If I'm just waiting at the door or waiting for someone to invite them, is that going to work with the family? Maybe God has, he does so many he has so many ways to work, right? But the lighthouse model is so organic and grassroots, it was able to get and sit on the living room floor with that family and find a way to connect that young man to the church. And I've seen him completely transform his life. He's on his faith journey. I wouldn't say he's maybe a Christian yet, but he's on his faith journey. And he texts me probably every day. He's probably texting me during this conversation right now. I just haven't checked. So. Man. What an incredible story. That's just awesome. And, you know, and it goes to the power of relationships that when we build relationships with people who maybe think different than us, live different than us, it gives us an opportunity to, to expose them to the gospel, not through our words, but through the love, just being there and being with them. And what are some ways in which you think that people can get involved and, and plug in relationally with Abide Network? They can be a part of that. They can help people build relationships with others and make a difference. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, you guys had last Sunday talking about the Christmas store, which is one of the most simple ways, right? One of the most practical ways. I think the reason why the Christmas store is so powerful, um, one, anxiety rates are 40% higher in inner city communities. Okay. That also increases during holiday times, right? That will increase. We all feel anxious during holiday times for different reasons that will also increase. So families are 
embarrassed and they're also struggling to support their kids while working two to three jobs. So Christmas store is one of the most, <coughs> excuse me, practical ways to serve a family, to get in the game and just to be a part of supporting families like that. I would also say getting involved in our programming Jeff, I know you were at the basketball camp not too long ago. Yeah. You don't have to know basketball to be a part of that basketball program. We have tons of people who play a ton of different roles. The reason why we have launched and have put so much resource in the basketball program is because it speaks to the heart of our community. It speaks to the heartbeat. And so we have so many kids in there, right, having fun, playing games. But we could not do it without coaches. We couldn't do it without the volunteers. We couldn't do it without them. And then also, third, there's a after-school program every Wednesday called Game Changer Academy, which is essentially giving kids leadership and education skills. It's faith-based, but it's after school, and it's a place where kids can get off the streets, get connected with a mentor. Some are from the community, but some are not from the community, which I believe is where, like you're saying, the relationship can start. And by the way, that young man has changed my life more than anybody's lives, right? When we get in the game and connect with kids from this community, their stereotypes, they get broken down. I am taught more how to love, right? When I'm connected with people who are different than me, than anything. So those are kind of three easy practical ways. I know you guys talked about the Christmas story, right? but those are two others that are super easy to get involved with. Mm, I love that. That's so cool that you can jump in and you can get involved in practical ways. That means so much. Joey, your story of allowing the Holy Spirit to interrupt your life. When you stepped out, you called up Josh, you called up the Abide Network, and you said, hey, I want to jump in. I want to be a part of a lighthouse. I know you're not going to be able to pay me, but I think God is telling me to go this way. Yeah. That is a profound story. That's remarkable. That's something that a lot of people just don't have the courage to do. One of the things about this podcast is we're trying to encourage, inspire people to let their lives be interrupted by the Holy Spirit. You just mentioned three really cool, practical ways of doing it, but I wanted to ask you, what would you say to somebody that feels the nudge of the Holy Spirit? They feel like God is trying to interrupt their life, but they don't have the last bit of courage that it takes to take that step. What would you say to somebody listening right now who knows God is telling them to do something, but they don't know how to get that started. They don't know how to take that first step. It's good. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, so me and my dad, we love to go on, when we can, we love to go on trips together. And one of the first times my dad ever went out of the country was Honduras. So in Honduras, it's very hilly. They have mountains in Honduras. So we walk up to this mountain and the Honduras people, the locals are, they love cliff jumping, like they love it. And I was learning Spanish at the time, so I didn't really know what was going on, but they, basically I got the vibe, right? They take us up to this cliff. It's probably a 35 foot cliff. The cliff goes out and then it goes down. So you got to clear the out before you go down. So don't hit your butt on the, on the breakaway, right? It's like angled and then down. One of the scariest cliffs I've ever seen in my life. I get up to the top and all the locals are like, satale, satale, which means just jump. And my dad was up there actually, you know, he's not jumping. Like he's a 62 year old man. He's, he's just there to instigate. But my dad is literally up there who is next to me saying, Joey, 
he's like talking it's like loving trash but he's definitely talking a little bit of trash and he's like you ain't got it you but he starts like hey you need to jump you need to jump and he keeps forcing me pushing me and finally I just jump I just go off and and I hit my legs on the water and that's a different story for a different day hit the water and it was a great experience the point of the story is you need people sometimes you need somebody behind you to give you that nudge so something about what I've learned here to abide that concept of better together right I've learned actually what it's like to be around people who will who will push you off the cliff because sometimes I, I would argue most of the time I need someone who will just, I, I'm, I'm up to the edge. I can see the bottom. I can see what God is calling me to do or calling me to go for. But most nine times out of 10, if it was just you and the cliff, you're probably not going to jump, honestly. But when you have the mentors and you have the discipleship and you have the pastors and Jeff and you have all these amazing people in your life, they say, hey, you can jump. You can do this. And this is why the Lighthouse program has probably survived as long as it has. And, and I've, I believe it's thrived because it's not just one person living in this community. It's 75, 80 families who have lived in North Omaha together, who have pushed each other, even when there's violence, even when there's that stuff, we push each other and say, no, you can do this. You can jump because I'm going to jump with you. You, a lot of times you need people who will jump with you or at least push you a little bit. And so that's what I would say to anybody who's like, they feel God pulling them into something, right? But again, you know, Josh is a big cliff pusher for me. Like he encourages me, but he's also calling me higher. He's like, Joe, you need to jump there. You need to go for this. You need to, you need to do this right now. And I think that's really where courage comes from. That's just, mm, that's awesome. I mean, that visual that you painted about being on a cliff. So many people feel like they're on a cliff and you're right. Unless you've got somebody there that will push you and say, you can do this, take the leap of faith, jump. You're just going to stand there and you're on the edge of, wow. I'm sure when you got up on that cliff, you're like, wow. Yeah. But to really experience the fullness of that moment of the wow, you have to jump or you're just participating. You're just you're just viewing it. You're not doing it. And there's a difference between viewing it and doing it. Yeah. And I would Absolutely. also say, like, um, you need the and again, this takes so much work, but you need the right circle around you to encourage you to jump, because there are also those people who are insecure and they're actually at the bottom of the cliff judging you for jumping. Like they wish they were the one up there jumping. Like they, they kind of are on the side and they, they see you up there and they're like, if he jumps or she jumps, I wish I was the one jumping. Like I, I wish I was the one up there. And those are the insecure people, right? Those are the people who maybe they do kind of support you, but, but, like 30%, but the other 70% of them actually just wishes they were the one up there. And I think that's really, you have to identify those right people. It's one of the reasons why I love working with like a Josh, because, uh, you know, I'll go for something, I'll share something. And I know there's not this place of like, oh, I wish I was doing this, or I wish I, no, like just that, hey, just jump. And, and when you hit the bottom, I'm going to be at the bottom with you, celebrating you, pulling you out of the water. And I think you have to find those people in your life. Yeah, that's so key. Yeah, We're, None of us are an island. We have to have right. community. We have to have people who are spurring us on to faith and good works. 
And if we can't find that, then we're going to struggle. And that's, that's why I that's think being, being plugged into church is so important that you've got a community of cliff jumpers, of cliff pushers, and you need that. You need to jump off the ledge. So many people are living on the ledge, and you can't live on the ledge. Yeah. You either got to jump off the ledge or get off the ledge, but you can't live on the ledge. That's good. Yeah. I, I tell a whole story, and I won't get into the story, but I also skydived and how man you you like do everything like i thought like just going to target you know was exciting for me and you're skydiving and cliff jumping we've hey got to up our game joe we have to up our game going to target is a harrowing event it, it can so. be yeah absolutely <laughs> but skydiving is way cooler because you might get stuck there forever and you may yeah, never that's fair but, um no i i, I share I, I did a talk not too long ago and I share kind of the progression of the cliffs that I feel like God has called us from. But when I first, I, I grew up, there's a video of my dad pulling me up off this thing and he will pull me off the ground by like a foot. And like, I would cry and I would like fall out of his arms and I'd like scream and cry. And I'm like, who is that kid? Like, oh my gosh, like he's terrified. And my mom used to laugh at me. But you see the progression of like Honduras where you have the 30 foot cliff. And then about four years later from that, we were jumping out of a plane and how me and my buddies were like skydiving. Who knows what's next? I don't know what we're going to do next. But you see the progression of how God like takes us on these cliffs. But it's kind of that progression of like you have to take the first jump. It feels really scary now. But actually, there's another one waiting for you. You're just not ready for it yet. Like that third jump is going to, it's going to be a lot more scarier, but you're not ready for this jump. God has you here. Like for some people just going to church is their first jump. Right. And then I, yeah. and that was yeah. so scary for them, but now, and then all of a sudden they're hosting or doing a giving talk and that's the scary jump. And then, and so it, I don't, I don't think cliffs ever go away. I think it's just, they, they change as we grow and mature in our faith. Well, that is that is just great stuff, and you know God's working in all things, from the small cliffs to the big cliffs, and we just can't thank you enough for for joining us today and sharing your story. Obviously, we're involved with Abide Network with the Christmas Store. You can go to our website, threetimbers.org. You can sponsor a child for $50. You can bring a toy in. You can help us uh, later in December taking families around. Everything is going to be COVID compliant and social distance and safe, but really a chance to be a game changer, to get in the game, to make a difference. Maybe getting involved with what we're doing with the Christmas Store is your cliff. Maybe this is your chance to jump off that first cliff. Mm. Joe, any any other thoughts? Well, Joey, I just want to thank you. Thank you for letting God interrupt your life. Thank you for saying yes to that adventure, and thank you for inspiring other people to jump off the cliff too. Yeah, man. Excited to jump off together. Yeah, Fair and uh, thank you for also letting us know how boring our lives are. <laughs> uh, I got to go find a cliff, a plane, a boat. I've got to do something. Way to go to catch so thank up. you for that. Got to go to catch up. No, that wasn't. All right, man. <laughs> Too much fun. Bye, right. right, everybody. Thanks so much for checking us out. We will catch you later. And Joey, you have a great day, brother. Take care. Thank you, guys.